0: Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone online, too. Um, for those of you who braved the cold and actually had your vehicles start this morning, good job. Um, we're going to be continuing our sermon series in void. And and just before we jump into that, uh, just with Mark asking the question, the, the question really of, of where do we see the glory of God? And and even during this Christmas season, uh, I'm, I'm reminded of some of the time that I spent with the, the Iranian church. And I remember talking to one of the pastors there, and he shared to me about one Christmases, one of the Christmases they had. Um, he has their church meet on, on a farm, and it's, it's a large church for there. It's about 30 people. And he had one of his neighbors come over that day, so he hid everyone in separate rooms, but the neighbor saw the Christmas tree. And he sort of suspected what was going on and he started getting in an argument in a fight that he was celebrating Christmas. And, and I just think that as we gather here this morning, um, what a beautiful privilege it is to be able to sit and experience the presence of God together to understand that God is being glorified even here and now among us. And just what a wonderful privilege it is to gather for Christmas. Amen. Amen. Amen, and so as we jump back into our series on the void, um, we're going to be looking at a bunch of different verses, uh, but I want to start just by reminding us of something. When we started this series a month ago, I I talked about the, the Hebrew phrase, tohu vavohu. Does anyone remember what that means? The answer is in front of you. <laughs> Good job. Right? We talk about tohu vavohu, that Hebrew phrase that goes all the way back to the creation account of the world being formless and void. And, and God looking at his creation and seeing that there was still something to be filled. There was a void that needed to be met. And we talked about how these voids and, of emptiness throughout the world have been being met by the gospel of Jesus Christ, bringing hope, joy, peace, and love. And, and this morning we're going to talk about uh, presence, how God fills the void with his presence. Now, even if you had a great Christmas, and who had a great Christmas? Everyone? Praise God for that. What a blessing, right? But, but even if you had a great Christmas, the, the odds are, and I'm fairly sure, that you experienced some sort of emptiness or void throughout the Christmas season. Um, I, I've talked to some of you who had to cancel plans You had to cancel plans either because of sickness or because of the weather. And so you didn't get to go somewhere or someone didn't get to come to you. And you missed out on celebrating who you were expecting and longing for. And then there's many of us who have experienced this Christmas was the void of a loss of a loved one. Where we realize this is the first Christmas that we're going to spend without them. And there's a void, there's an emptiness that's missing there. Uh, some of you have experienced relational conflict, and so even maybe if you're getting together with in-laws or extended family and there's conflict, you're reminded of sort of the, the tension that can exist, and you you see there's a lacking of relationship with certain people. Or perhaps maybe you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas. Anyone here not get what they want for Christmas? Did everyone get everything they wanted? That's good. When you expect nothing, then your expectations can't be let down, right? That's my strategy every year. <laughs> if you don't expect anything, you'll never be let down, right? But, but even as, as good and celebratory and wonderful that Christmas can be, there, there's still those moments, there's still those experiences, there's still those feelings of void and emptiness that come. And, and, and those aren't necessarily always because things are wrong or we have done something wrong, but often they're in our lives to simply remind us that in this world, we experience things that can't actually fulfill everything that we long for. And, and Augustine says a very famous quote that's been passed down through history, and he says, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. Meaning, everything in this world that we think can satisfy us and fill some of these emptiness and voids actually can't accomplish what they think they can. And it's only God Himself that can bring healing into those things. And so, what I want to examine this morning is how God's presence enters into that void and brings healing. Now, we've experienced this very practically in our lives. Who here has went through a very chaotic or or sorrowful uh, time of pain and loss and simply what you needed at that time was simply someone to be there with you? Anyone ever experienced that? We we realize that the presence of someone, the, the presence of people can simply be a healing endeavor for us. When there's nothing that they can say that might be right, there's nothing they can do that can bring healing, but simply their presence, their offering of being with us helps us through those times of pain and suffering. And so that presence can be healing. And I think one of the reasons that we love Christmas so much is because we get to be around our family and friends. We get to have people come and spend Christmas with us. Like, I was so uh, joyous this year because my mom and my sister got to come have Christmas with us, and it's been years since they've been here. So all this anticipation and excitement and longing was coming to, into fruition, right? And presence can be such a gift in our lives. And, and yet I began to ask myself this question. With all this anticipation and expectation and excitement for family to be together, I begin to ask myself, do I have this same longing and expectation for the presence of God? Do I live with a constant yearning for the presence of God? And I think that as we we look at this theme of void and as we look at this discussion of void we've been having for this last month, I I wanted to climax with this theme because to me the presence of God is one of the greatest gifts that he has given us. And when we look through Scripture, we see this massive narrative of God desiring to be with His people. And, and, and even as we enter or celebrate this Christmas season, one of the beautiful things that the Gospel of Matthew says to celebrate Christmas is this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken, talking about the coming of the Messiah, and he says, this is what the prophet spoke. He's referring to Isaiah. It says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, God with us. Now, we celebrate that theme at Christmas. We, we celebrate the, the coming of God in flesh, Emmanuel, and we realize that it tells us something that we so often find so difficult to believe. And it tells us something that we often so find difficult to acknowledge. That God wants to be with us. And he pursues us and he redeems us and he sanctifies us because he wants to be with us. See, see, a phrase that echoes through the entire New Testament is that I will be your God and you will be my what? Does anyone know? People. My people. I will be your God and you will be my people. And and God's gift is he continually offers his presence to his people. And that's really the ultimate expression of the purposes of God and redemption. Throughout the Old Testament story and the New Testament is, is Matthew is reminding us this is what Jesus came for. This, this is what Jesus is fulfilling in history. He, he came to save you from your sins so that you could truly experience the presence of God with you. The gift of the presence of God. And what Matthew is doing is, is summarizing in a phrase this massive theme throughout the story of Scripture. Scripture. And so I want to walk through some of these glimpses and pictures of of Scripture to remind us just how much God desires to gift us and bless us with His presence. And, And so where does the story begin? Genesis, right? And, and what do we see in, in Genesis? We, we read the story of Adam and Eve, uh, humanity in the Garden of Eden, the, the creation of God where everything is outright, right, where, where everything is in shalom, and yet what happens in the story? We read this. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and the wife did what? They hid themselves From the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the reason that's highlighted in the story of Genesis is because all of the story at this point had been moving toward God created his people to live in his presence and to experience his presence and to enjoy his presence. And then when sin enters in the world and humanity rejects the presence of God and they turn against God, this horrible line comes into it that humanity hid themselves from God. In other words, they turn back on the very thing that they were created for. They, they turn back on the very thing that God desired for them to experience. They, they turn back from the very thing that God so longed for them. So we realize they are hiding from the one thing for which they were created the enjoyment of the presence of God. And that's really a picture of what sin does in our life. That's a picture of what happens when we reject our Creator. And so the story continues, and the next major time we see a theme of God's presence is in the tent or the tabernacle, which leads to the temple. And Mark sort of brought this up, too, with the shining glory of God. And we read passages like this in Exodus 40. It says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And so this is God's intention. Even though there's sin, even though there's rebellion in the world, even though Israel, God's people themselves had rejected God, God still desired to dwell among his people. He wanted to be with them. And so we see the story of the tent and the tabernacle, which leads to the temple. And this is what Solomon says. And when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord so that priest could not stand or minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon said, the Lord has said he would dwell in thick darkness. I have indeed built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. But Solomon was mistaken about something, wasn't he? Solomon thought, this is as good as it gets. We built this temple for God to dwell, and God is finally with us. I can't imagine anything greater. This is going to be God's presence for eternity. And yet God had a better plan, didn't he? God had a much greater vision for his presence. And this is where we read the story of Jesus what we celebrate at Christmas, God's presence in the flesh. And this is what we read, and the word became what? Flesh. And here's the key word, and dwelt among us. The, The literal translation there is that he tabernacled among us. He he tented among us. In other words, what Solomon thought would would be the significant, eternal dwelling place of God, God says, no, the the dwelling place of God with man is gonna be found in Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, who were tabernacle among us. And every time you see the, the concept of the presence of God, we see this description of glory, and we have seen his glory Glory is the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. And this is the mission of God to come down. And what we see in Jesus is is God doesn't come down in this form of a cloud or a fire. He comes down in this other step of a plan to be His people, but He comes down as a human with a goal to redeem and rescue us because of our sin. And what's fascinating to me after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, what do we see getting torn in the temple? The the veil, the curtain, right? And, And it's this massive declaration in the story of Jesus that there is now no separation of the holies of holies. That because Christ has come to dwell among us, we can come before God with boldness and confidence because he has dealt with the sin in our life. He has dealt with what separates us from God. And so there's not even a need for a temple anymore. God no longer intended to dwell in tabernacle or tent or temple. God didn't want to be merely among his people, but God wanted to be in his people. And this next beautiful theme that we see throughout Scripture is God's presence found in the Holy Spirit. See, when the Old Testament, when God came to dwell in the tabernacle, his presence always came with wind and fire and this heaviness of his glory. And and next we see this. We, We see this beautiful promise of Jesus. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you a helper to be with you forever. Solomon said that was forever in the temple. Jesus says, this is forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen. And what we see in Acts, and with this coming into fruition, it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. The church was gathered, praying, waiting for the Spirit, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues of what? A fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And so what Luke is saying in Acts 2, it says, when tongues of fire and wind come, he couldn't be more clear. He's just continuing the theme of the Old Testament saying God's presence was arriving and settling in the new temple. And who is the new temple? The church, the people of God. And so God's presence is coming and arriving in this temple and the Spirit of God comes upon each of his followers in this magnificent description of wind and fire, just like it did in Exodus 19 and Leviticus and 1 Kings and all these stories. Now the presence of God is for everyone who trusts in him. And so what we realize then as we we go through even this this short description and summary of God's presence is that from the very beginning of the story of history, leading all the way to the end of history, which I haven't even talked about yet, where, where we realize that Jesus will come again, why? To offer his presence for eternity. But we realize this theme of presence is permeated throughout the story of God. And God's people now become these many temples where the Spirit of God, the presence of God, resides. Now, here is this gift. This is good news for us, isn't it, church? Because when we look then at the void in our lives, when we, when we look at all the emptiness, when we, when we examine all the feelings of void, when we examine all the loneliness, and when we look at all the unmet dreams and expectations and all the hurt and pain that comes from it, we realize that all those things are answered in the presence of God. And He is the one who is gifted to us, and He is the one throughout history, time and time again, longing to be with His people, doing everything possible, going to every extent to make sure that He could dwell among us. All of it is answered in the gift of God's presence. And so while our emptiness feels horrible, when we step into the reality of it, we also realize that our emptiness can become a blessing because it reveals something to us that we ultimately long for, and it reveals something to us that we often need. The void and emptiness in our lives cry out that our lives are empty and that our motivation can be empty and our spirit can be empty. Therefore, we have empty resources to deal with them. But God comes and says, I am with you and I am here for you. The truth is, each of us experience void in our life because that void was made for Christ himself. That void cannot be fulfilled by anything or anyone in this world because it's simply a dwelling place for God within our hearts and lives. That's why Jesus says that the Spirit must come upon you because the Spirit will fulfill and fill all of the voids and emptiness in our lives. And so when we celebrate Christmas... When we talk about Christmas, this is what Jesus came for. It's it's all about God coming to us to rescue us and to save us and to purify us so that we could truly experience Emmanuel, so that we could experience God with us. The empty, the void, the desolate, the unfulfilled has never been a problem for God. And that's the gift we ought to want. That's the gift we were created for. And so this presence of God becomes such a resource in our life. It becomes a resource for the pain and suffering and injustice that we go through. It becomes a resource for when we have those feelings of loneliness or rejection or denial. It comes at us and reminds us that God is for us and God is with us. And God is fulfilling His mission to be with us. All we have to do is look at the story of Scripture And realize that God has always been reaching out to us. And God's gift of his presence is something that can fulfill any void or emptiness in our lives. And so what I want to do for us right now is for us just to pray for this and to long for this. And so I'm going to invite you guys to bow your heads and I want to read Ephesians 3 over you. And I want to read Ephesians 3 because this is Paul's prayer for filling of our lives, that God would truly dwell in our hearts and our lives. And so as you you bow, I'm going to give you a minute just to sit in the presence of God and to acknowledge His presence. So I'm just going to give you a moment to do that, and then I'm going to start praying over us. So let's just acknowledge the presence of God among us and thank God for His presence. Paul says this in Ephesians 3 he says for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being Why does Paul pray this? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Gracious Father, we just pray that your presence would dwell in our hearts through faith. Lord, remove any doubts that we have That you are a God who doesn't want to be with us. That you are a God who has rejected us. That you are a God who has forsaken us. Lord, remove all of those lies from us. And remind us that you are a God who desires to dwell with us. And then Paul says this. And he says that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Gracious God, we realize that we don't simply understand the love that you have for us. Paul is almost inviting us to be overwhelmed by the love that you have for us. And even as we look at the story of Scripture and we look at what you have been doing throughout history, simply longing to be with the people that have rebelled and rejected you, we simply cannot be but overwhelmed by your love. And so I pray that you would move us past a simple knowledge of your love and that we would truly know the magnitude, the expansiveness, the limitlessness, and the sacrificial generosity of your love. And Lord, that you would fill up the empty places inside of us. That you would fill up the void of our hearts. That you would fill up the places where loneliness lingers and where doubt comes and where hopelessness hides. Lord, may we feel and know the love of God so that we can be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Lord, we know that this filling is the ultimate answer to all of our emptiness. We pray that we would truly experience your fullness. I'm just going to give you guys a minute or two just to pray that to God for your own lives. Just ask God that would fill you. Ask for God's filling that comes from his love, that comes from his pursuit to give you his presence. Gracious Father, we long for your filling and fullness. Lord, so often in life we have expectations and desires and longings that are simply apart from you. And Lord, it doesn't take us long to realize that Those things can't be filled apart from you. So we pray that we would be so overwhelmed by your love and that your presence would come upon us in such powerful ways as Paul prays. That even in the midst of the emptiness that comes in life, even in the midst of the voids that we experience, that the power of your presence would be so overwhelming that it would fill us with the goodness, with the hope, and with the joy, and the peace, and the love that can only come from you. We thank you that you are a God who has sustained us through this season, and pray that as we enter into the new year, that you would fill us with your Spirit, We thank you, gracious God. Amen.